Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in, so you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Always follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah, yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Here we go. Welcome in. It is Follow the Money on VSIN, the sports betting network, brought to you by DraftKings. We are live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. Mitch Moss, along with Jonathan Von Tobel, as Pauly continues to uh, try to mend himself at home. Caught that bug that is going around, and uh, I think he might be back tomorrow. Um, today on the program, we have Julian Edlow talking college basketball and NBA in about 30 minutes. Jeff Seeley every Wednesday with Golf Bets and Jay Billis on the program today. And JVT, you know, generally, uh, to, to pull back the curtain here a little bit, for this show, when you went, I think for most shows, when you open a three-hour program, you, you kind of have a pretty good idea going into the show the day before, the morning of, whatever, what you're going to open the show with. That's like 95% of the time. Like, there's definitely a lead talker, right? Mm-hmm. Well, last night and this morning, it's like, well, we could start NFL because there is some potentially big NFL news out there with the Justin Fields rumors, Devontae Adams coming back to the Raiders. And then you look at the calendar, and it's like, oh, wait a second. Yeah, it's March on Friday. The calendar flips and then the feeling is really in the air because we we had two, technically we had two buzzer beaters last night. You want to include Kentucky as the third one against Mississippi State. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a buzzer beater. I forgot there was, what, five, like half a second left on the clock or something like that. They had so. to go and review. They thought the game was over with, and when they right. looked at it, they said .5. So it kind of takes away from it, but it, it, it just speaks to the fact that last night was Freaking crazy. It's awesome. Like it was it was great. It was a good hoops night. Uh, you had what, by the way, what might be lost in the sauce is, yes, Max Drews shot at the end there. His his fourth quarter was insane. Like, the last five minutes was nuts with what he was able to do. Uh, the, the Nevada contest, like, everything we saw yesterday, and there was a bunch of good games mixed in there. Uh, yesterday was, like, the, the ultimate hoops night where just every single thing, you're just ping-ponging back and forth. You know, there's bets on the line. You're watching this and that. This is why I like basketball a ton, but, like, yesterday was the best basketball night you can remember in a while, just given the fact that there were so many good games that came down to the wire and you got three we'll call it two and a half buzzer beaters. yeah two and a half i think is fair yeah. and that's why like every single year when the calendar says you know right around this time 
It's like this sport absolutely takes over. We'll throw the NBA in there as well because there was a big card last night and it turned out the way it did. There's a big card kind of tonight as well. And then there's so many meaningful college basketball games pretty much every single day of the week. And this tweet kind of summed it up last night. Uh, Danny Burke, who used to work here at VSIN, uh, said on X, wow, for the rest of my life, this was in the, the VSIN newsletter today, by the way. Bill Lady does a great job, stays up late okay. at night, right in your inbox every single morning. For the rest of my life... I don't think I'll ever have this happen again throughout one night of betting. He live bet the Cavs. They won it on the half-court buzzer beater. Then later on, he live bet Colorado State. <laughs> they lost on the half-court buzzer beater. So now, as a side note, like, what does this mean overall for the Mountain West Conference? There's been, this is, uh, you pay attention real closely to this conference, right? And it's a really, really good league this year. The talk has been maybe six teams getting in. I don't see that happening, but that certainly is a, a really good win for Nevada last night. And then what do you do with Colorado State? I have them on a future ticket um, around November sometime at some pretty decent long odds. But like they, as Paulie's been pointing out now for like a week and a half, you're looking at a six seed. This goes back now a minute, but you're looking at a six seed from Lenardi in the tournament, and they're a seven seed in the Mountain West Conference tournament. I mean, but the thing is, because the Mountain West is so good, I don't think you can... I don't think you can knock them. I mean, we, this was kind of the thought for, I thought for a long time, like you mentioned, I, I watched this league a ton, used to cover it. it this is one where the, the, the six-team Mountain West theory started like in the non-con, right? And, and really spun off from there. Yeah. But when you look at their their schedule and what they've done up to this point, it's really hard, I think, to discount them. I mean, they do have a win over Creighton. Like, they have played very well. They have a very solid resume in non-conference and given what they've been able to do in conference play, including wins over San Diego State, Boise State. Like, this is, I think, good enough here for Colorado State that you're going to be able to, I think, still make it in despite the fact that you should not be discounted because your league is so freaking good. And when you look at some of their losses, especially down the stretch, right, they've lost now, what, four out of five games? Three of them have come on the road. You know, it's hard to go on the road in conference play. Yes, it is. Uh, and, and especially in conferences like the Mountain West and consistently win. And by the way, they've been competitive like the end of the New Mexico game, right? Like, like that was an insane sequence at the end sure. of that game. Uh, one shot falls your way and all of a sudden you're looking at a, a road win in the pit against New Mexico. So I think that even though it might look weird, the fact that this is a team that is going to have to play their way all the way through multiple rounds here in the Mountain West Conference Tournament uh, and be in that first round. I mean, look at you. Want to talk about topsy turvy, Mitch? You can have UNLV finish inside of the top to top three. Yeah, you can. And they're not going to sniff an automatic qualifier. No, 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 no so not like, even close. Uh, or excuse me, or an at-large bid. So it's just a really good league, man. And I think that speaks to it. So I don't think you should be discounted in any way uh, if you're Colorado State finishing where you could in the standings, but ultimately making it to the tournament. The old saying goes in basketball, really college basketball. You never want the dog in overtime. I mean, and who really does? We've had, you know, complete horror stories over the years of catching nine and a half, ten, whatever those numbers are big, and they go to overtime, oh, and you lose by 12. Where they just, go to die? You know, you want to break something at your house. But two games last night in that league did go to overtime. The one example of not wanting the dog was Wyoming, and I know plenty of people who were on the Cowboys last night catching five, five and a half. Uh, they lost by six. The other one was if you had Fresno State catching 10 before the game started against Utah State, it went to overtime, and you were good enough there to get home. Yep because Utah State did not cover. They won, though, by four points overall. It's a really good league. And then coupling that with uh, the other half of a buzzer beater, if you will, last night, and that was the Kentucky game, going on the road to Miss State, down big. People were piling on Kentucky yet again. Uh, the team stinks. Uh, total letdown spot after Alabama. Calipari's awful. They have absolutely no defense. I know this sounds stupid. When the team has needed to play defense recently, they have showed up. And I know they allowed the 89 points last night. 
how many how many miraculous threes did Miss State hit in that game last sure. night, including the one that tied at 89 apiece, if we're being honest with ourselves here. They had shots going in. Come on. You're not supposed to be hitting those shots as, as often as they did last night. Kentucky easily could have won that game by, you know, going away. No problem, rather than the buzzer beater. They didn't. Also, I found it intriguing. Miss Day was up by eight at halftime. They were laying, well, it was like a half a point. Mm-hmm. The second half number was half a point. And the spread for the game was four. Like, where is this respect for Kentucky in the second half? No, I, I like I would agree with all those points. And for Kentucky, I think in the big picture, when you look at like some of their flaws, yeah, they haven't been good in conference play defensively. Their their defensive rating in conference play is nearly one ten. It's one hundred nine point seven adjusted by Ken Palm. Like, that's not particularly great. No, it's not. But they're so good on offense that they're going to be able to, I think, at the very least, play enough. Where you're going to see some of these games, I think, right? Ninety one eighty nine regulation is a little nutty, but I think that you're good enough on offense to cover up some of the blemishes that you have on defense. And the other part is I, they're, they're well coached. Like I believe in Calipari to a point where he's going to have them in the right moments, in the right schemes, in the right sets, doing what they need to do defensively to potentially win out in some of these possessions. Now, is that going to lend itself to winning a national championship? I mean, it's already hard to do that, right? To win these six consecutive games once you get to the Elite Eights and Final Four. But to make a run to the very least to an Elite Eight or a Final Four, I think that the potential is there when you have good guard play, when you can shoot the way that this team can. They're number one team in the country right now towards three-point shooting. And yeah. if you could do those things, that is a team that is set up for a run. They stop consistently? No. But they're only 88th in the country. It's not like they're abhorrent at this point right now. So they have so many parts, right, individual parts to really, really love. I mean, you watch them play against LSU in a game that they lost at the buzzer, by the way, in that mm-hmm. game. So what goes around comes around. Um, that was Dillingham, who was awesome. And he's projected to be, I've seen as high as like top three in the NBA draft. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes number one overall. Then last night, it was Reed Shepard who, as a bench player, scored more than 30 points. He became the first Kentucky player since Derek Anderson in 1996. Yep. God, I love that team. Um, I, this might be one of my uh, top two or three, four Kentucky teams of all time, actually. But Shepard became the first player to accomplish that since Derek Anderson on that special team that won the whole thing. So he's going to be there. At, he's so rock steady. Um, at the end of games, that Calipari trusts him enough to be on the court all the time, even though he's a bench player. But you saw that again against Alabama. It was a Justin Edwards game. We'll get the Antonio Reeves game quite often, actually. We will get a game from Dillingham. You know, it could be a Mitchell game when he comes back. He's been injured now. They have, like, it can be the night of for four or five, maybe six different players. And then you have Shepard, who is going to be there at the end of the game, who... If you're an opposing team, he's the last guy in the world you want putting at the free throw line. Yeah. So they have all that going for him. They have more talent than any Calipari team since probably the 2014-2015 team. This com- team is completely loaded to the gills. And another reason why I was adding them throughout the entire year, specifically early on, to win the whole thing is because it is Calipari's M.O. because he does start fresh every single year with a, a batch of new kids, right? So it takes a long time for them to come together as a team. And you saw like the chemistry again at the end of the game last night, how they all came flying off the bench. They were super excited for Shepard. He's talked openly about a guy like Justin Edwards using the same mental coach because Edwards was a five-star recruit who was supposed to be super high in the NBA draft who struggled this year. But Shepard has kind of rallied around that saying, hey man, don't give up. All, you're, you're too good. Don't worry about it. Your time's going to come around. Calipari's teams always... Every single year without fault, get better around February and going into March. And that's one of the reasons why I love, and I I typically don't love what I see with the Kentucky team in November and December. I loved what I was watching with this team back then. And I thought by this time, 
they're going to be so much better. And defensively, it really, like, for overall in general, from, like, let's say the end of January or the beginning of February, it's not like the defense has completely flipped the switch. To your point, the numbers still show that eh, it's not great. But in certain spots, in, like, big game, the Auburn game, for example, sure. how good was their defense in that game? It was awesome. Yep. Look, defensive rating, 87.1 against Ole Miss. Uh, the Auburn game referencing 88.3. Like, those are pretty solid defensive ratings to put out there, less than a point per possession. Now, I think you make the argument for, like, the Auburn games and others. Is there some lucky shooting variants defensively? Sure. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but I think overall... At the very least, you're sound enough defensively in terms of what you're doing that I think you're going to be okay in a lot of the early on matchups. And to your point, Calipari, last few years it hasn't been there, but we saw, especially right around that 2019, those 2019, 2018 teams, like these teams really start to peak around this time of year. Yeah. He's got a track record of doing it. As I was telling some friends last night, they are the drug that I cannot get enough of. Kentucky. I just, I love watching them and yep. I can't stop betting them. They're, they're my, uh, they, to you, they're my Iowa State. Iowa State. And your Clippers. Oh, Cyclones. Oh, yeah. The Clippers, yeah. too. All right. Up next, we'll look at the best and worst NBA and college teams, ATS. Seven teams are still hitting at 70% or higher on the season. We will run down the list for you next here on VSIN. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other, as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very of all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Come on, folks. We had three, two and a half buzzer beaters yesterday. It's time to get in on the hoops action and more. For the VEASAN experts to work for you, start betting smarter with a VEASAN Pro subscription. Sign up on VEASAN Pro and get your first year for only $199. All you have to do, use the promo code FTM. That's right. That's 
less than typical 240 that you get for a year. Get Visa Pro access to everything we do for an entire year. Daily best bets, betting splits to show you the money and bets removed for every game over at DraftKings. Betting systems in our upcoming March Madness betting guide. And never forget the daily write-ups in every single sport. Promo code FTM. Get your first year Visa Pro access for only $199. Sign up today. Visa.com slash subscribe. We do this on a weekly basis. We run down the best and worst teams in the NBA and college basketball against the spread. We will throw in some hockey numbers here as well. And uh, JVT, as the senior NBA analyst here at the network, I want to get your thoughts on how many times you've either bet these teams or faded these teams in the NBA. Um, For example, the Thunder are the best team in the NBA. And oh, by the way, they did it again last night. They are now 9-0 straight up and 8-1 ATS at home when they're laying more than 10, or 10 points or more. They're 37-20-1 ATS. They're the best team in the league. They're covering on average by 4.6 per game. Do you know top of your head, or if you look at it, how many times you've bet on OKC this year? Quoted my spreadsheet only six times, and I'm 2-4. Two and four. <laughs> Get out. Are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Haven't uh, picked the spots well enough, I guess. That's like me with the Hawks. Yeah. Finally! Finally, the right. Hawks won one for me last night. It took a Trey Young. And by, by the way, I think I'm going to be on the Hawks quite a bit coming up. Yep. I like them more without Trey Young. The Magic are, th- un- this is completely under the radar. Yep. The Orlando Magic are 38 and 21 ATS. How many times have you been on the Magic? Uh, let's see, seven, and I am uh, six and one. How about that? Oh, there let's you go. go. Yep. Okay. The Gold, can you believe this one too? The Warriors now are the third best team at 31, 25, and one. That's pretty surprising, yeah. to be quite honest with you. Now, I've actually bet the Warriors about seven times, eight times, uh, but six of them have been team totals. So, all right, not exactly. It's kind of like a faux supporting of them, if, especially if you're betting them over. So, okay. I didn't realize they were up the third, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah. The 76ers at number four, yeah. 32 and 26. They're going down. Well, <laughs> they were also, they were in that game. Were you getting messages, by the way, last night, like right away in the game? Hey, good call on the Celtics last night, GBT. No, yeah, so, so it, it wasn't even one of those. It was just like, I don't know how you watch this. This is terrible. The Celtics are awful. And it was like, yeah, just relax. Like, the Celtics should be fine. By the way, they ended up going on and covering. Yeah. <laughs> so, wasn't it like the first quarter? Yeah. I, I love getting the tweets in the first quarter. Well, especially One way bat- or the other, doesn't matter. Hey, right. great call tonight. Or you buffoon. Well, like, look, all sports do you have, like, you, you want to play the whole game. But especially in basketball. Like, folks, it's NBA? basketball. Like, I got on Friday in the first quarter. I got a nice set of losers. Like, relax. It's the first quarter. <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, the Pelicans also, they round up the top five. 32-26-1 ATS. Yeah. Do you have the Pelicans in any futures? Nothing. Dude, mm-hmm. call me. Uh, this is the one team... And I, I'm gonna. I've dedicated myself to watching more of them here in the second half because it's one team I cannot figure out because they do not scream like finals contender, and yet you know their their offense is very average, but defense is very good. They're t- near the top ten in terms of net rating. Like there's a lot of different indicators that the team's pretty solid, and yet they're just floating around a five six seed and, and are yep. less than impressive. Yep. Now here we go. We flip it to the worst teams in the NBA. ATS, the Hawks, nineteen and thirty-nine. No more, baby. They're going to take off and not be the worst team in the NBA. And talk to me in a couple of weeks. Dejounte Murray, very good last night. Yes, he went over that assist prop too. We warned people about that. Yes. By the way, uh, in terms of betting against the Hawks, uh, I have bet against the Hawks fifteen times so far. You've bet against them yes, fifteen times. I, I hate this team. 
And and then how, so what's your record? Uh, that I have to go through because I don't have that counted. I have to go through and count. Okay. I was going off the top of my head, but I'll say this: um, I have a ticket on them to win the division from before the season started. Uh-huh. Uh, that's why I hate them so much because they got off to the start and you realize immediately, like, dude, this team, come on, yep. get it together. Now they might start to turn things around. Now that you have a singular guard in control of everything, look pretty good last night. Man. Yep, Hornets twenty three and thirty five. ATS they lost. Oh, that was that ugly was bad, last night against the Bucks. The Bucks 24-34 and one ATS number three in the list. Are you buying the Bucks now? It's three. Can I call it three impressive performances since the break? I mean, it's hard to considering two of them are 76ers and the Hornets, right? Uh, but one of them was against Minnesota. I, I think at the very least, the fact that you're going back to, at least in three games, you're going back to crushing the teams that you should. Like, that was the underrated part about Milwaukee in those early years and like the last few years. They crushed these teams like they rightfully should. And so the fact that you're taking care of those and you get a big win on the road against Minnesota, they're, they're obviously very positive signs. And obviously, too, Damian Lillard's locked in. I don't know if you saw his quote the other day. Yep. Uh, we having nothing to do in Milwaukee? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, I've said this before when I've talked. Now, Milwaukee is obviously a much bigger city than Green Bay, but I've talked to Packers players before. And I've asked them, like, what do you do in the spare time? Like, during the week, their answer was, I don't know, we hang out at Best Buy. Hang out <laughs> That's like, yeah, I guess. I mean, what else are you going to do? Go to A&W? Yeah, I guess a good point. Get well, an ice cream cone? I went to a Best Buy yesterday for the first time in like months. I went there President's Day. Yeah. yeah. I had to get a new fire stick. All right. Yeah. They had some really good deals on TVs over the week, uh, yeah. President's Day weekend. Yeah, they did. Uh, the Suns are 24-32-2 ATS. Do you have anything here on this team, futures-wise? Yeah, so, um, no, no, I do, actually. This is a preseason one that's not going to get there either. I had it about 3-1, to 3-10 to win the one seed in the Western Conference. Um, now, the health has really dro- drove them down. Here's the thing for Phoenix, and that's why I think you're, you're down here. The injuries to Bradley Beal, and then, of course, we had Devin Booker miss time at the beginning of the year. They really kind of threw him off. They went through a stretch right before the All-Star break where they were like 17-7 straight up, 15 in like, you know, whatever it was, uh, 9 ATS, and they were playing pretty good. The, the thing here is they just have to be healthy and whole. And if they're going to be healthy and whole, then that's going to be a team that's very much worth backing on a day-to-day basis. But until there's that consistency with availability, you're going to get something like this where you're 24-32-2 and two against the spread because you're power rated the moon because you are one of the more popular teams and a team that has the star power of Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. Yep, Trailblazers, number five overall. Worst yeah, team bad. in the NBA, ATS 25-32. and 32. Now to the totals here. Thunder, again, best team in the NBA over, 32-23-3. Sixers are number two on the list followed by the Pacers, the Jazz are right there, and the Bulls are number five. Best teams to the over. When you look at best teams to the under, the champs, the Nuggets are 36-22 and to the under. The Heat, same mark. The Knicks, 36-23. and the clip joint, your team, 32-22-2, and, and the Grizzlies, 33-24-1 and one of the under. And a bunch of slow teams, too. That's kind of the common denominator. Not a bunch of teams that are going to run, get up and down the floor, like to play half court. Uh, and you would at least look at two of those teams, very poor on offense. And for the Denver Nuggets, a team that I think is a thought of, and rightfully so, as a, a juggernaut offensively, but a lot of those games get bet over because you assume that this team's going to show out and score yeah, well 120 said. points every single night, and that's just not the case. Yep, college basketball, now your best team's ATS, Minnesota Golden Minnesota. Gophers. They did not cover their last game, but 23-4, and four, still unbelievable, 85% uh, percent on the season. So Cal State Northridge, 20-7. and seven. South Florida's on the list. Yep. Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, they've been top five all year. Richmond. And I'll throw two more teams on there, South Carolina and Stony Brook. So all those teams I just mentioned are hitting at 70% or better on the season. 
And guess how many times I bet on the Minnesota Golfers this year? Uh, twice. Zero. Really? <laughs> Be- because when I started to realize that they were so good ATS, and you know, it's it's the middle of the football season, sure. I'm not paying attention right away to every single team in college basketball yet. And then I thought to myself, well, I'm not going to start riding this trend now. And then it just continued, and I kept telling myself that. I'm like, well, now they're 15 and three. Do I want to hop on them tonight? And I never did. I wasn't going to just bet the street because I had not been betting them before. And I, you know, you know who's on the outside looking in at 70%? Iowa State, 69.2, baby. Yeah. Projected four seed. Is that too low in your opinion? Feels like it. Yeah. Uh, the worst teams in college basketball, ATS, Pacific, 6 and 22. Stephen F. Austin, 6 and 19. This is a good example of the point spread being the great equalizer. Doesn't matter for Missouri. They are so bad overall, and they're only 7 and 20 ATS. Old Dominion, 7, 20, and 1. And IUPUI, 7 and 19 ATS on the year. Here we go with totals in college basketball. The best teams to the over. Wright State. Now, this is a team that I've been on now for like three consecutive games. 21 and 6 to the over. Denver, 19 and 6. Bama, 20 and 7. Kentucky, 20 and 8. Queens, by the way, in most books you're going to find those on extra games. Out of North Carolina, Queens, 20 and 8 to the over. The best teams to the under in college hoops. At number one overall, you have Western Illinois, 18 and 7 under. Vermont, 19 and 8. South Florida, 18 and 8. East Carolina, 18 and 8. And Dartmouth, 15 and 7. And I'll throw some hockey numbers in here as well. Some trends and some season long stuff um, for the National Hockey League. Goal in the first 10 at home Arizona, 8 and 1. Seattle, 21 out of the last 25. Boston, 13 out of 16. On the road, Ottawa's on a 19 and 4 run. Carolina, 18 and 3. Dallas and the Kings, 9 out of 11. Dallas, 16 in a row over second period. Third period uh, overs will go all one and a half goals here. Leafs, 12 in a row. That was a Malinsky special mm-hmm. last night. Leafs back at home after a long road trip. Lost 6-2 to go, uh, the Golden Knights. Oilers, 13 out of 14 third periods over. And Nashville, 12 out of 13 third periods over. Up next, Julian Edlow is going to join the program. He hosts a show called The Sweat. Weekends here on VSIN. It's a busy NBA and college card. Clips, Lakers tonight. No Paul George. He has an opinion on the game. Find out who he likes coming up here on Follow the Money. It's Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Make sure you check out the VSPIN baseball betting primer. Absolutely free. You get World Series futures analysis, tips on how to bet spring training and the regular season, and of course, some analysis on using sabermetrics in Major League Baseball betting. It is a grind. Make sure you're ready for it and download the guide for free at vsin.com slash guide. That's vsin.com slash guide. Julian Edlow joins the program now, as he does on a weekly basis. He hosts The Sweat. A uh, really good show on the weekends here on VSIN. It's at 8 a.m. Eastern time, Saturday and Sunday. Julian, thanks for the time as always. How you been? Uh, not bad. I told you guys before the uh, before we came on the segment, I had a lot of money line parlays in college hoops last night. Had Kansas up 12 in the second half. Had Colorado State, who uh, went down to a half-court buzzer beater off the glass. So uh, the plays have been better, but 
hoping to bounce back tonight. Well, I mean, uh, I don't blame you for having Kansas on money line parlays. I thought for sure that they would just win the game outright last night, and they didn't. I mean, they're awesome at home. BYU not so hot on the road. Couldn't get uh, it done last night, however. So we'll get to your college basketball best bets for the day in a minute. There is one NBA game that you want to focus on tonight. I'm curious what you're thinking here. At DraftKings, as we speak, the Clippers are taking on the Lakers, and the Clip joint, they're laying three and a half, but there's no Paul George. Do you want to go to war with that team with no PG-13 here, Julian? Yeah, I did lay three with the Clippers, uh, so I'm okay with three and a half. Obviously, I'm curious to get JVT's take here because uh, he's the Clippers guy. Yeah. I, I think I can trust them without Paul George as long as uh, as long as Kawhi's in there. And the Kawhi-Harden lineups, I think, have, have done pretty well together. So I, I still think I can trust them here. They, they need a win. They haven't been playing very well out of the break. They have a couple of losses uh, to the Kings and OKC. And then they beat Memphis, but didn't even cover in that game. So they kind of need to get going. Obviously, it'll help to get uh, Paul George in there. But I, I think this is a spot they can do that. The Lakers haven't been great out of out of the break either. Their only win is is over the Spurs. Uh, so I, I think that this one, uh, you know, it means a lot to both. The Lakers are still playing to make the postseason, maybe try and climb out of the playing round or get a better seed in the playing round. But uh, the Clippers have a legitimate chance at, at that number one seed, and uh, I think even without George, they're they're the better, uh, the right side in this one. But uh, JVT, what say you? Yeah, well, I wouldn't disagree, especially with the thought that they might be a little bit desperate, right? You kind of no show there in that second half and the third quarter against Sacramento. You mentioned going out to Memphis. I actually think Memphis is a little underrated. They're still fairly good defensively, but still scuffle around in that matchup too. So I think from a that standpoint, Julian, I think you're on the right track when you have Harden and Kawhi Leonard on the floor together. You have a positive net. Rating. It's. I think you'd like it to be better. I think the one real question is, you know, if you're going to get full strength Lakers, at least in terms of their size, will that bother you? But they're not as like dominant on the glass as like a Minnesota Timberwolves that really suffocated them right before the All Star break. So I would say I think they're the side, and I think that when you're talking about where the market's going to go, I'll probably float around like three and a half. So I don't think you got a bad number, but I'm with you. I think situationally, uh, this would scream Los Angeles Clippers, especially after a couple of days of practice and get ready for this game. All right, All right. move like yep. here. Moving on to college basketball. It was a big win for the Johnnies over the weekend after Rick Pitino called out his players. They played twice since he kind of went scorched earth and he named names, right, after an embarrassing performance and a blown lead against Seton Hall, uh, although they barely squeaked by Georgetown, yep. who's really, really bad. Now, after the Creighton win, here they are on the road playing Butler tonight, and Butler's laying a point and a half. What do you make of this game? I know we want to say let down spot here for St. John's, but they have to have all these games down the stretch, obviously. Do you like Butler? Well, here's the thing. So does Butler. And I yep. know Butler doesn't have as good a chance as St. John's. We have the March Madness uh, bubble tab up on DK Sportsbook. I think St. John's, uh, John's is closer to a pick to make it. They're slight plus money. Butler's like plus 400 to, to make the field of 68. <clears throat> this is that kind of seesaw in college hoops that we're talking about. Um, I, last week, I played one side that I was a little mad at myself about. I played UConn at Creighton. I just thought they were too good. I needed to see them slip up, and obviously they got mopped. But I kind of cleaned up my mess a little bit. I did play St. John's against Creighton on Sunday um, in a spot that a lot of people thought that they, they couldn't get it done. They did. Now, I, I got to go back the other way here. I, I like Butler minus 115 on that money line at home. Uh, <clears throat> like you said, Mitch, the the Creighton win is awesome and a nice response to Rick Pitino. But what happened the game right after? They only beat Georgetown by five in their immediate response 
to the Rick Pitino situation. So, like, is St. John's playing this, like, dominant basketball since Pitino called him out? No. They, they just had a really good home spot against Creighton coming off of the win of the year against UConn and, and capitalized. So I, I think now they're going to catch St. John's a little off guard here, and Butler's going to capitalize on their outside chance to still make a run here at home. Butler's 11-4 and four at home. Uh, St. John's three and six on the road. And this is just the perfect road spot to fade them, just like it was the perfect spot to fade Creighton. So I'm going to stick with Butler here at home. All right, let's go to the uh, Big 12, Okie State, uh, taking on UCF. We saw the uh, Cowboys lose in overtime over the weekend. Now staying at home to take on a UCF team, those wheels have kind of fallen off in conference play. What do you make of it here up to two and a half? Yeah, I've been using a lot. Of, I've been losing a lot of buzzer beaters here lately, guys. I was on OK State on Saturday, loved them. They lose that one at the horn. Prior to that game against OU, they were on a 5-0 and against the spread run. Um, and they won <clears throat> some big, difficult games outright as dogs. They won as five and a half point dogs against BYU. They won as ten and a half point dogs against Cincy. Now they're coming off that loss. Good bounce back spot. They get to stay at home. And UCF is coming off a huge win at home over Texas Tech. They dominated Texas Tech. But prior to that game, they were just one and six in their last seven games. So give me that team that, again, that's off the big win, but hadn't been playing particularly well overall lately. Uh, now going on the road against a team that has been playing much better of late, but uh, is coming off a really disappointing rival loss on Saturday. I think it's a great bounce back spot for uh, the Cowboys. Let's follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guest, Julian Edlow, he is uh, one of the hosts on The Sweat, Saturday and Sundays at 8 a.m. Eastern Time, right here on VSIN. This is an intriguing game to me tonight because um, Marquette is laying a big number at home against Providence, 10.5 overall for the game. Providence, they've won three straight, but Marquette, since they got shellacked by UConn, they've played twice, and I want to say that they have brought their A game in, right? Because they they were probably read the right act from Marcus Smart, and they turned it around completely, and they've been awesome in those two games. I get the competition, laying a big number here tonight. How do you want to approach this game? Yeah, I wanted to, uh, off of that that bad performance, bet the first half against DePaul, but it was like they were laying a million points. Yeah, right. Um, and what did they do? They won the first half by a million and one. Yeah. I was like, I should have just laid it. I I'm going to go Marquette first half here against uh, against Providence. I'm going to stay away from the double digits for the game. Um, I don't even, it wasn't up when I looked earlier. It might be up now. I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be around six. Uh, obviously, Marquette lost at Providence. Really tough place to play earlier in the season. Providence, they, they've been a good cover team away, and they've they've grinded back in some second halves, too. So I think there's actually even a little bit of analysis that you can put behind playing the first half rather than the full game. PC is just three and six away, but they're seven and two against the spread. They have some pretty good comebacks to at least hang in games on the road. Marquette, obviously very good at home. They're 13 and one. Um, Marquette in their 14 home games has an average lead at halftime of 11.9 points per game. Ooh. Obviously, that includes some some poorer teams earlier in the season, but decent indicator. Providence on the road trails by an average of 3.4 points per game. Uh, so I, I do think that Marquette, given the motivation, given the spot, uh, has a, a, a decent chance to to get out with some margin here, and we'll see how the game ultimately ends, if they can win by double digits or not. But I think they'll build some margin in the first half here. And you've also got a, a money line parlay in college hoops to, to put together, right? Yeah, got ugly last night with, um, with Colorado State and Kansas, but not going to shy away. I will go to Creighton. Good bounce back spot for Creighton off of uh, the loss at St. John's. They host 
um, Seton Hall, who's coming off of a big win over over Butler. Uh, so I like that. And then I'm going to piece them with Tennessee. I, I, you know, the Tennessee Ken Palm number is three. I was hoping to lay three much bigger number, but I, I really like the, the spot for them at, at home here against Auburn. Auburn's a little dinged up. They're only four and four on the road, uh, straight up and against the spread this season. They're two and 12 in their last 14 trips to Knoxville. Obviously we know this, this gets much more difficult going on the road in a game like this. Tennessee's 16 and one in their last 17 home games dating back to last season. They got Alabama on deck, uh, on, on Saturday, a big one. So I do like um, I do like Tennessee to win here. And if you want to just look at the Creighton side of things, Creighton first half like Marquette is another one that I don't really mind. Creighton's a top 20 team in terms of first half uh, margin. They lead by 10 points per game in home games at the half. Uh, so that's another one that I don't mind if you don't want to slap together a money line parlay. Strong analysis is always Julian. I'm a little surprised, though. It is a Wednesday appearance. The Pelicans are playing tonight. And no, you didn't make a case for the Pelicans first half. I didn't. They played last night. Maybe they rest. Uh, maybe they rest Zion because he was questionable on the last one. Guess what I did, guys? I played Pelicans first half last night. Laid two. They trailed by one at the half and went on to blow out the Knicks. There you go. I, Naturally, right? Should have gone full game. Uh, catch Julian again Saturday and Sundays, 8 a.m. Eastern on the Sweat right here on Veasan. Thanks, pal. Good luck tonight. All right. Thanks, guys. Talk next week. Yep. So on that note, we will look at the college basketball card tonight. We will compare some of the openers to the Ken Palm number. Some were much higher than what Ken Palm had. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very slow. all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. (laughs) Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you.
This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can deposit $5 and get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet loses. Download the app. Use promo code VSIN when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. All right, checking out tonight's college basketball action. Another full slate with a lot of big games, right? Yep. Uh, A doozy here in the SEC. Auburn plays at Tennessee. The Ken Palm number. And for those of you who might be brand new to the network, his name's Ken Pomeroy. His website is kenpalm.com. And he's been an analytical guy. And it's a great website. It's a great tool to use. A lot of good curling stats on there. You like the curling stuff? Doubletakeout.com. Check it out. So he, you know, in sports books for, you know, many years, we're like, oh, let's see what the Ken Palm number is, and we'll open it around there. This year, I don't think, like, the sp- sports books overall are using the Ken Palm numbers to a T, yeah. right? They're baking in more opinion-based numbers when they put them on the board. I think they might be considering the spot for a lot of these teams. Yep. Um, tonight, for example, the Ken Palm number is Tennessee 3 against Auburn, total of 149. The opener at DraftKings was Tennessee 6.5. And, a half. and it does, it's, look, it's not going to be 100%, but as we pointed out now for a little while, as these numbers start to drift away from the Ken Palm number, last night the Kansas game was a good example. Ken Palm had it a four-point game. I thought four was too short, but I didn't want to lay seven with Kansas. It got up to eight. Yep. And as Julian just said, 10 minutes ago, they blew a 12-point second-half lead. They lost by eight outright at home to BYU. Yeah, it seems, at least for me, it seems some of these games in which you have more money in the pot, higher opinions, uh, more eyes on it, right? Like these are Power 5 teams. So we know Auburn, Tennessee, we've seen them a bunch, or excuse me, Kansas, where it seems like the, the, the odds makers are more willing to shape the number the way that they more see that it should and that the market would. Now, there's sometimes where I think some of the lesser games we're talking about, you'll probably see them reflect the Ken Palm number, and you'll even see the market move toward the Ken Palm number. But I think in these ones where there's so much more, I think, information, whether it comes to injuries, availability, whatever it is, it does seem that odds makers are willing to kind of step out of the box and say, you know, we don't really care that the market will probably move toward the Ken Palm number. This is what we believe these numbers should be. Yep, so I'm still seeing right now six and a half out there at certain spots on Tennessee, what number would you need to bet Auburn here in this spot? I don't know. I think I wouldn't say no to six right now. I I think because when you look at Auburn, one of the things that I really like about like Auburn overall uh, is first off the offense, as we know, is great, but they're, they're defensively. This has been consistent all year long. They lead the SEC in defensive efficiency. They're a top five team in terms of their ability to defend. They don't. They do have an issue with fouling. That's kind of one of the things that put free teams on the free throw line a lot. But they don't give up a lot of three point shots. They're great along the perimeter. Like this is a team that I, I really kind of trust on that end of the floor. And they can do things like you know they're not the best defensive rebounding team in the world. So I think that might kill you in a matchup like this. But overall, like I really trust them in almost every single facet defensively to stay inside a number like this. And I get how tough it is on the road. And by the way, I mean, depending on how you rate home court, you know, this could be about a, a situation where you're saying that Tennessee's only about a point and a half different on a neutral, yeah, right? right? Considering right. how strong some of these home courts have been. But like sitting around this like six, six and a half mark, given how much I respect Auburn defensively, like this would be this is in the range where I think I'd even still be willing to play Auburn at this point. Okay, so you mentioned earlier you're high on Iowa State. I want to give you this again. This was in a recent newsletter at vcin.com slash subscribe, courtesy of Steve Mackinnon. Power conference teams avenging a road loss at home as potential six-point favorites or more. They're now 61-9 and straight up after the Iowa win last night. 
Iowa, they covered the opening number. They did not cover the closing number. That opened up seven. They were bet to, I think, nine and a half. They won by nine. So it's like 64% ATS over the years as well in the final two weeks of the season. I know there's a lot of, a lot of numbers there, a lot of situational stuff there. But tonight's, well, we have two games that actually qualify. One is Iowa State. They lost to Oklahoma on the road, 71-63 earlier in the season. They opened up a 10-point favorite. Now, some money came in on the Sooners who, uh, I mean, I, I put Oklahoma in the same category as Wisconsin, completely fugazi. And uh, that is, you know, the ship has sailed on that. But both teams now really not the same teams they were before February. Down to nine and a half. Do you want to lay nine and a half with the Cyclones here? I mean, I... Kempom has it seven. It, so it's it's off the Kempom projection. And again, this as somebody who really, really likes this Iowa State team a ton, this is a game where I would really lean toward Iowa State. Because remember in the first matchup, too, when they lost, like uh, both, I think it was Keyshawn Gilbert fouled out in that game, uh-huh. uh, as well as Taman Lipsy. So, like, they had foul trouble throughout the entire matchup. Like, I think this is one where not only you're talking about revenge, but that, that first matchup didn't really dictate what exactly could have happened here. And when you look at Iowa State, their ability to defend, their ability to force turnovers, I mean – Earlier in the year, they got Houston to cough up the ball 16 times. Like, this team's awesome, especially when you're talking about playing at home. And guys like Gilbert and others are starting to grow a little bit more into this role here. I really like this Iowa State team a lot. And you can make the case, you know, Mitch, as I said, we were talking about the best ATS teams in the country. You can make a case that Iowa State's undervalued at this point right now. They're covering a nearly 70% clip this season. Like, the market hasn't powerated them as this elite team. I think given the fact that situationally you're talking about revenge, how well they can play, looking at that first matchup and having a difference in terms of foul trouble for two of your key players, I actually do think that the Ken Palm projection, I get it's not really there, um, but I think I'd be willing to, especially if this continues to continue to head in that direction. As much as I love the Cyclones team, I think it'd be right back here with Iowa State again. Oh, by the way, I can uh, raise you one with their overall ATS mark on the year. They are 13-3 and ATS. That's 81.3% ATS at home. And I will tell you, by the way, if you want to, if you need a reason to drink tonight, I'm not encouraging it, but if you do, if this is a close game and Iowa State like pulls it out, how many times are you going to hear Hilton magic during this game? Yeah, this doesn't qualify because typically that would be when they're an underdog against a team like Houston. I watched that Houston game when they were at home and they won it outright. Mm-hmm. I think I heard Hilton magic 57 times. I was like, okay, we get it. Right. I understand it. Yep. We've been watching college basketball for a while. It doesn't have to be every single sentence anyway. So, ten. Uh, not, bet down to nine and a half, and you think the Cyclones though might be worth a play there. The this is one that I thought A and M would be around two and a half tonight against South Carolina. A and M is four and nine. I got to clean this up. I think it's four and nine in the SEC ATS. I thought it was going to be two. Ken Palm actually made it two. I made it two before. I looked at the Ken Palm numbers. DK opened up AM four at home to South Carolina. They've been up that up to five, five and a half. I got AM four and ten ATS in conference play. There you go. Yep. Four and ten now. Um now look, so I, I mentioned this to you when we were talking about this. I, I think so Texas AM at one point, when you looked at them in terms of their like deep profile analytically, and especially coming off of that win over Tennessee, there was a case to be made that if you really looked at it, this Texas AM team was much better than what the results were in terms of their record. However, you know, when so many of these quants and stat heads do have an effect and, and an emphasis, you know, excuse me, an influence on the market, you kind of get teams like this that I think almost become overvalued, even though they're not really like a great team by any stretch. And you see it uh, right now heading into this game. Texas A&M's two and seven against the spread. 
Like, they're not covering at all. They're actually an overvalued team for a team that's sitting around 15 and 12 right now on the season. So now you get this matchup against South Carolina. Like, I wouldn't say no to looking at South Carolina here. Again, the market believes this Texas A&M team is something that it's not. And they continue to fail to meet those expectations. By the way, not only have they failed to cover the last four, they've lost their last four. So, like, it hasn't even been great from a straight-up standpoint for this for this club. So, and, and some of those losses were ugly, right? The Alabama loss, you got blown out. Uh, you lost by – you got destroyed by Tennessee, as we saw over the weekend. So, I, I wouldn't be trusting Texas A&M at all, considering what the market expectations for them have been. So, you said 4-10 ATS in the SEC. Yep. They're 4-9 at home overall in the year ATS. Yes. And that's the other, like some of these home courts get super over Texas and A&M. Texas has been an awful team at home. Like all of these home courts sometimes. Five and a half to me. Yeah. I, I'm going to have to play South Carolina today. I, would, I mean, I, I wouldn't say no at all. too big. I think that now like South Carolina reached that point too. Like at one point where they were a little overvalued, but they've started to write the ship. But still like you're talking about a team that right now, I think is like six and three ATS in their last nine uh, has really started to, I, I think play a really, really solid basketball, especially on the offensive end. Now I'm with you. Like I haven't really liked it all. What you saw from Texas A&M. Uh, Minnesota's at Illinois. As we said earlier this hour, Minnesota is the number one team in college basketball ATS. I'm not going to play. They're catching a big number tonight against the Illini. Gophers did not cover their last game. Here's what I want to play, though. I like over 155 and a half. Yeah. Illinois is trending as one of the best over teams in college basketball. Their recent scores, 95-85, 90-89, 85-80, 97-68, 88-80, 87-84, 87-75. Those are consecutive games here that we're talking about now. 11-1 to the over last 12, I think. Yeah, is that, is that what it is yeah. overall? I think this is too short. I think Illinois will get them to play in this style of game, and... Uh, I, I'm not going to be surprised if they score high 80s, low 90s on their own. You want to, my other guilty pleasure is uh, is the fight in Illini. It, 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 that was a, a brutal loss at Penn State last week, but they bounced back. They How did they blow that game? That was, I was insane. Watching that live on the air, I, I, I didn't know even know what I was watching. But they are covering numbers. They are looking really good. Uh, yeah, obviously, like this team offensively, I think, has a really high upside. Uh, this is the other one, too, on the list. I don't think I'm going to lay this. I think we're a little high, but, man. I think the over might be the way to go to, or a team total over for Illinois as well. All right, so follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Jeff Seeley is going to join the program coming up next. Rory is playing this week, and he's the shortest shot on the board. We'll ask Jeff his advice for betting or maybe fading McElroy this week coming up next. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. 
Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Thank you.